Season 3, Episode 40 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. I'm your host, Jawan Lee. Going solo today. Going solo today for the first time all season. I know you guys have pretty much have been accustomed to when it's a one-man show, you get in the post-game commentary from Dean Rule after OSU games, but unfortunately, Dean isn't with us anymore. He's moved on to some to some other adventures, but... I definitely enjoyed doing the podcast with him this year. I mean, my first year moving in from Texas to Oklahoma, I had a lot to pick up on. And, you know, my first couple weeks here, they asked me to join the OSU podcast. And Dean really ingratiated me to a lot of the stuff that we do here today. And I hope you guys enjoyed our our chemistry and our dynamic and just everything, you know, that we tried to offer you all this season. It was definitely fun doing the show you know, doing the show with Dean. I, and I definitely appreciate all that he helped me with this year, kind of studying and getting to know this OSU, at, this OSU program a little bit more. But I know you guys, it's been, it's been a little while since you, since you heard from the OSU Sports Extra podcast, even longer for me. I think the last time I was on there was following the Big 12 championship game. And you guys got to hear Dean and the beat writer from Texas A&M kind of break down their, their bowl game there. And, I think that's the last time that's the last time we've been on mic. So it's a, it's amazing how quickly the year passes by. You get through football season and now we're into basketball season where there may be a little bit of turmoil in OSU men's basketball right now. Just a just a tad bit, just a tad bit. I mean, you have you have the men's and women's kind of going opposite directions. Oklahoma State with with their loss against Texas Tech, ninety to seventy three. We're recording on a Tuesday night. It dropped them to zero and two in in conference play. And you have the women's; they're two and one right now with with wins over UCF and TCU. So it's it's interesting to see where where this OSU program is. Right now, our columnist Bill Haston had actually wrote a column following that 75 to 70 overtime loss against Baylor, who's ranked 18th. And it was Cowboys are R1 0 and 1 again, but this disappointment is different. It's interesting because if you if you read that column, he kind of takes you through the through the history of, you know, where OSU was at at, at similar points in you know, in the program's history, I mean, you had a freshman, Brandon Garrison, who who led OSU with 20 points against, you know, against a tough Baylor team, and Bryce Thompson, who scored 15 points. But the the staggering stat in that, if you look at it with, with Mike Boynton, is that in each of his seven seasons as the head guy here at OSU, he's opened up with a loss. He's 0-7 in Big 12 openers. I mean, now with Oklahoma State being dropped to 0-2, I think me and Dean kind of asked this question similar in the football season where, we're, where we said, what what is the panic meter at for this team right now? I mean, OSU, they opened the game on a 20-11 run against Baylor. Brandon Garrison and, and Quentin Williams both had dunks that, that kind of put the staple on that. And then all of a sudden you look around and Texas Tech answers with a 22-4 run to take a 33-24 lead with 440 remaining in the first half. And it just seems like OSU was never really able to pick it back up from there. But it was it was interesting because when you when you look at it and Mike Boynton answered this following the Baylor game and that was does Oklahoma State have a heightened sense of urgency? Well, I guess it was prior 
to the Baylor game, does OSU have a heightened sense of urgency heading into conference play? And, I mean, he was pretty candid on the fact that he felt they did. Next year, three months, you know, like you said, playing, playing in the best conference in, in the country, you know, really no off nights. There's no bad teams, per se. Is that something that you and your coaching staff kind of talk with, the young guys and the old guys? That's something that you are kind of harping about. You know, every game matters, every game, you know, you can be, get beat any night. Yeah, not just game, right? Um, every half, every every four-minute segment, every possession, um, every rebound, every block out, it, it's all uh, with a heightened sense of urgency. I think you know, part of the reason the league has been as good as it's been is because of the balance from top to bottom. Um, I've said this before, and, and you know, I know Coach Huggins isn't at West Virginia anymore, but I've you know, been a coach in the league six years, and his team's finished last, I think, two of the years, maybe three, and that dude's a Hall of Famer. Uh, that's how competitive the conference has been and will continue to be and going to continue to get stronger as we move into next year. But, um, you know, the, the the thing that I want our guys to understand is just to embrace the opportunity, not get bogged down by the pressure of playing against great competition. But I want them to enjoy it also. Uh, I don't want them, them to be lost on the fact that there are a lot of people that would want to trade places, well, that would think they want to trade places with them. Um, and so I want them to enjoy the opportunity to, to see what they're made of against some of the best coaches and teams and venues in, in all the country. So you look up, and I mean, I don't know how many people expected OSU to, to come out with a win against that Baylor team who's, I mean, one of the more premier programs in, in college basketball right now. But you had you had some positives that you could take from that game. I mean, I touched on it earlier. You had a freshman in Brandon Garrison who scored 20 points, but, I mean, you followed that up with a four-point outing against Texas Tech, you know, tonight. So I don't know how much that, that takes away from, from what he did against the opener, but Mike Boynton kind of got a little bit emotional talking about how special he felt Brandon Garrison was to this program. We were talking a week ago uh, – about Brandon Garrison, how far he'd come. He said, yeah, it was slowing down for him, but he still had a ways to go. You said he still had a ways to go. He closed a little in the last week. He has. Um, and, the, and the truth of it is, Robert, he's still just scratching the surface of what he can be. Um, he really doesn't know how good he can be yet, and, which is probably a good thing um, because he doesn't have a corrupted mind. He's not a rush to go somewhere, um, and, and that's a big part of the reason he's been able to get better. It's because he's where his feet are, so to speak. Um, he's focused on getting better every day, and I, again, I'm not going to promise he's going to get 28 and 4 every night, but we're going to see him you know, grow into a player that, that our fans will appreciate and um, that will help us win a lot of games moving forward. How valuable is it to have a, a big man that will run the floor too? The way they, I mean, two of his blocks, he ends up scoring on the other end on, on the break. Yeah, he's a phenomenal athlete. Um, again, just 19 years old. He, he um, he's special, and he's gonna get better. He's gotten better. Um, remember, he on November 6th, he scored zero points. I think he grabbed zero rebounds too uh, in game one. And it's easy to start. Coach isn't playing you right, um, but he just shows up and does his job. So sorry for being emotional, but I'm, I'm just proud of him because we needed this from him today. And to see him give us a chance, makes two free throws after 
getting drugged to the floor, nobody on the line, to tie the game and give us a chance to take the lead. Um, it was big time. You talked about coaching the freshman quarter this year. Yeah. How has Brandon responded to that? Um, you can't get better unless you want to. And he has a great desire to improve. And it's my job then. That's my job, is to make him better. Uh, and I'm not taking credit for it. I'm just saying our staff has a responsibility when a kid who has that ability comes in here uh, to make sure that he's better because he's here. And he is. So you take those you take those two games and now you're you're looking at OSU as like, okay, where where can they get this first win at to kind of get some of this confidence going? Because, again, I mean, they came into Big 12 play on a five-game winning streak. They had wins over Tulsa and Oral Roberts and Wolford and South Carolina State and Chicago State. Not, you know, programs that are not Baylor and Texas Tech noted, but, you know, to put together a five-game winning streak to end non-conference play, you would expect some momentum to come from that. So you look at their, their schedule – for the remainder of this month, you have Iowa State, who you go on the road, and then you come back against the number three ranked team in the country, Kansas, and you have Kansas State and TCU, West Virginia, and then you conclude the month with Kansas again. You kind of start to wonder, okay, when is OSU going to start building some of this momentum so they can get on track? Flipping things over to a much lighter note, you know, I you have OSU, their their women's their women's team being two on one right now. Staley Hurd having a pretty good season, averaging nearly fifteen point six rebounds, both team highs for her. Um I mean 68-61 win over UCF, sixty seven to fifty nine win over TCU. They have Texas Tech, Kansas, BYU, number ten Texas, then Cincinnati, then number four Baylor. And then Iowa State to to end the month for them. So we'll also be able to see where this where this women's program stands heading into heading into February. Some quick points for football before we before we get out of here. Just wanted to give you guys some quick points since we hadn't been on air in so long. Just wanted to catch you all up on what's happening with this OSU program. AP released their their final rankings of the year. OSU slotted right behind OU at, at, at number 16 to, to conclude the year. Third time in the past four years that OSU have been has been included in the AP's last rankings. I think some of the, the bigger news came, well, outside of, you know, Ollie Gordon electing to stay. I mean, that was a very big topic of discussion. Kind of national pundits wondered if Ollie Gordon would kind of make a run at a, at a bigger program, maybe get one of those larger NILDs. NIL deals, but he elected to stay here in Stillwater. You know, you you can't be upset with that. He he loves OSU. I mean, he loves being a Cowboy. So I'm pretty sure that was a lot of a lot of great news for for some OSU fans. And also on that offense, another key cog of their 10 win season was quarterback Alan Bowman. A lot of people was wondering what his future was going to entail in in college fo- football. He had just concluded his sixth year, but Looks like he's going to be coming back to the program on a seventh year. For a seventh year. I'm eager to know what you all think about what OSU should do with their quarterback situation next year. 
a lot of people would assume that Alan Bowman was the bridge quarterback for OSU this year. I mean, me and Dean talked about it earlier in the year that, okay, if you're kind of looking at an opportunity to go win now mode, chase the playoffs, you give Alan Bowman that shot and you use him as a bridge to get some of these younger guys ready for next year. I mean, even in limited playing time, remember, the first three games of the season, he split times with he split time with Garrett Rangel and Gunnar Gundy. As Mike Gundy kind of tried to figure out this whole quarterback situation, but despite limited playing time during the, those first three games, he produced the season that ranked among OSU's all-time leaders in several categories. I mean, he was he seventh he was seventh all-time with you know thirty-four hundred yards, three hundred and four completions. His passing yards ranked 15th in the FBS this season. So you saw a lot from him, maybe maybe a little bit more than a lot of people expected from Alan Bowman. But even with that, you have to wonder, do you want him back for a seventh season? Because next year will be it. He won't be back for an eighth season. So you have to wonder, how does Mike Gunny look at this program? Do you, do you go in saying, okay, Alan Bowman, we saw what you did in your sixth year. That solidifies you as the starter for your seventh year, or do you go and give some of those other guys a chances? And it and if you're a quarterback on this roster, how do you look at that? You know, with the transfer portal being so rampant right now, and you have to wonder, you have to wonder how they feel about that right now. I mean, Bowman he saved his he saved his best performance for last. I mean, 402 yards in the in the Texas Bowl an OSU bowl record against Texas A&M. I mean, it was he he ended the season very very strong. On the defensive side of things, we have Colin Oliver. He said on Twitter, he's ready for one final ride with with OSU. I mean, we're talking about somebody who finished 4th on the team in tackles with 73, nearly 16 tackles for a loss, four forced fumbles, five pass deflections. I mean, he was all over uh, he was all over the field. This is a guy that was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year in 2021 and spent his first two seasons at defensive end and nearly had 17 sacks. So, I mean, that's a huge, huge, you know, well, really not in addition, but retention for, for OSU as they go into this second season with, with Brian Nardo, a defensive coordinator. And if you, you know, if you remember when me and Dean talked about this team, when they hired Brian Nardo, this this wasn't someone that they looked at as a quick fix. You know, this was somebody who was going to take his time kind of implementing his ideology on this defense, and it wasn't expected that they were going to be great their first year, but they had a lot of young pieces that he worked with, and it was good enough to get them to a bowl game, good enough for them to beat OU and Bedlam and get to a 10-1 season, so... You have to have high hopes for this team going into the second season with with Brian Nardo as their defensive coordinator. But that was just just some quick points that I that I wanted to get out. You know, it's kind of been a lot of news floating around OSU. Eager to know what you guys think about how the men's basketball team is performing, how the women's basketball team is performing. And before we get out of here, can't cannot forget to mention OSU wrestling picking up a top five role win over NC State. Big, big time, big time. It was the first time that that has happened since since 2019 when they defeated 
defeated Iowa. Their their head coach John Smith. I mean, he improved his record to twenty five and one as a head coach and head to head matchup against his former wrestler. So big things going on, you know, with OSU's wrestling program there. But for another episode of the OSU Sports Extra podcast, I've been your host Jawan Lee. Hopefully soon we will have a, a whole a co-host field to where you guys don't have to just sit and just listen to me. Well appreciate you tuning in. Um see you guys next time. Bye.